0: Hey, my name is J.D. Larson, one of the pastors at North City Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. I hope this inspires and equips you to love God more deeply and to love your neighbor as yourself. At North City, our mission is to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus. And we hope this message emboldens you to do just that in whatever space God has sent you to. Be sure to subscribe and keep in touch with the conversations North City is having. And if you want to find out more about our community, you can find us on Facebook, and Instagram, or online at northcitychurchmpls.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, North City podcast community listeners. What's up? It's Pastor J- J.D. here. Uh, as you, uh, some of you may know, um, this past weekend, we... Uh, decided to do brunch for church. It was awesome. We ate some delicious brunch food. Uh, but one result of that was there was no sermon. So there is no sermon to post for this week's podcast. But we thought we'd use this opportunity to let you into uh, the sermons a little bit. So uh, what Christian Ann and I, Pastor Christian Ann, uh, do sometimes uh, in preparation for sermons is we will have sort of at length conversations back and forth about uh, the scripture that we're focusing on for that particular sermon and what's cool about that is we've just decided to record those in part to maybe let you in on some of the conversation for your own uh, benefit and learning but also just so we can capture our thoughts and we thought hey why don't we, Look through those recordings and offer those up on this podcast uh, so that people who are interested in some of the work we do to prepare in looking at the scriptures that may or may not come through the final sermons, but are still really um, insightful and important parts of the scripture for us who are trying to follow the way of Jesus. What if we put that out there so people could listen in uh, and have just another way to re-engage with some of the conversations we're having at North City. So that's what we want to do. What you'll hear on this podcast is uh, two conversations between Pastor Christian Ann and I uh, about the two sermons preached in early September, one on how Jesus uh, offers worth at the table. So we've been in this series on the table movement and looking at different episodes of Jesus's life around tables he finds himself at. The second one is how Jesus Fights for justice around the table. So we preached two sermons on that. You can go back and listen to those sermons. But here are some conversations that happened in the background of those sermons uh, that hopefully will just be encouraging to you. So without further ado, here we go. We're going to jump into the conversation uh, uh, with Pastor Christian Ann and I about her sermon, her sermon on forgiveness and uh, Jesus offering worth. And uh, just by way of reminder. Uh, the text that she looked at uh, is Luke chapter 7, and it's this episode where Jesus is eating with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, and a woman uh, who is a woman of the night, if you will, or someone who trades money uh, for sex, comes to this party, this gathering, and washes Jesus's feet with this very expensive perfume. So... This is us sort of just going back and forth and discussing that text uh, as we're studying and reading and preparing. That almost defines forgiveness as um, the ability to unburden the other from the object of brokenness. You yeah. know? Mm. That's, what, that's why he uses the the, parable of a concrete debt and someone being unburdened.
1: Yeah.
0: And the, the problem is the Pharisee is seeing her as debt. Yeah. And Jesus sees her as burdened by debt. Mm-hmm. And that's why his question is, do you see her? Yeah. Do you see this woman? Because Jesus does. Yeah. And so the invitation for us is to let to accept that Jesus sees us.
1: Yeah.
0: And sees our sin as object or our brokenness as object. Mm-hmm. And us as subject. Yeah. Meaning we're we are the ones our souls are animating ourselves, yeah. not our sin or our brokenness. Um and that's the different way that Jesus is demonstrating in right. that story. And then, of course, the invitation is to let God see you, to believe that God sees you. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning of forgiveness. Yes. And it's also the beginning of pursuing forgiveness. In order to pursue forgiveness, you have to believe that you're a you, apart from mm-hmm. an obje- objective brokenness. You start by being made in the image of God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: God loves you before your feet hit the floor of them
0: you're you yeah Mm -hmm. yeah before you carry whatever brokenness you're carrying right and you need to know that at the table at this table god chooses to see her god chooses to see you yeah not your brokenness Mm -hmm. that's the beginning of forgiveness and we need each other for forgiveness because we need to see each other yeah well
1: and that's what the discipleship tables do
0: yeah, and that's what, I mean, you've done in our relationship countless times when I'm seeing myself as the sin I've committed, right. the brokenness that I've done, the falling short that has consumed my week. I see myself as that, and you're like,
1: hello, hello,
0: <laughs> and like push, like mm-hmm. with your eyes, push past whatever I'm putting up to define mm-hmm. that my mind is defining me as. And you participate in me experiencing forgiveness. (laughs) You participate in me experiencing forgiveness by showing myself to me again. Yeah.
1: It's like holding up a mirror.
0: Yeah. And Jesus, in that way, is letting this woman be who she is. Yeah. Which is an extremely generous, loving, caring person. You know? Yeah. Like someone who is actually hospitable. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the Pharisee, who's trying to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, because he doesn't really... He invites him over as, like, a weird test or, like, maybe an image-driven thing or who knows what. As
0: a popular lawyer, pastor would invite another popular I mean, he calls him by name, Simon. His name shows up in the text, which means to the listeners, he would have been a known entity in that region, in that town. So, and I'm sure is his insecurities are extremely heightened when she walks in the door because his identity is based on the objectivity Of his people's perception of him, Mm -hmm. not who he is. He's actually (laughs) uncomfortable with who he is. Like he's Mm -hmm. he's not in tune with who he is actually. And Jesus is like turning the situation on its, like turning it upside down in a way. Yeah. And he's offended that she's present, and -hmm. then he immediately blames Jesus and is like, "You're not legit. Obviously, you're not legit if you allow this to happen." Right. You know. So. Those are my immediate yes. exegetical thoughts. Yeah. But I think if you centered on that, like, at the table we see one another, and seeing each other is the beginning of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh, that would be – Yeah. that's enough motivation right there. Right. Like, and then you extrapolate that to your different tables in your life, right? Tables around work. Holy crap, right? Like, I can give you four examples from discipleship table. Would be inappropriate for me to do that, but right. like, like Give at work. Give me
1: one without giving a name.
0: Yeah, so um, I think often at work, people feel like they pick up the slack from their coworkers and they build resentment. But it's so common in every workplace where you feel like they didn't do their job and it affects you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then they build resentment towards the other, and they start seeing that person as the mistake they made that hurt them
1: absolutely
0: instead of seeing that person so the the table can transform the workplace Mm -hmm. if you invite that person to lunch and you see them yeah and before you confront them before you express your irritation you see them Yeah. and it's kind of like that I believe Brene Brown has a whole section on this where she's like I don't know what section it is but it's like you gotta like like that whole episode between her and her husband where she misunderstands him saying we don't have any ham. Mm-hmm. Like, and she explodes on him. Her husband's able to see, like, I know you. <laughs> I know you're very stressed this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to objectify this behavior. That's not the right way to talk about it. But right. these are, ob- but these you are have not, these objects. These are burdens
1: on you. They burdens.
0: Not, that's yeah. better. I see your burdens. I see you and I see your burdens. Yeah. You know. And I see them, I'm, I am have the eyes to see because I'm trying to see with God's eyes. I can see the difference mm-hmm. between you and your burdens. And the activity of forgiveness is saying you are not your burdens. Mm-hmm. And I still want you. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is doing with the harlot, you know, whom we don't know. Mm-hmm. And what pisses the Pharisees off because they'd rather her be her burdens. Well, which is I what I was trying to say about Levi in the last sermon. Like the The reasons the Pharisees are so ticked is because their identity is based off of the tax collector being the tax collector because they're defined on who they're not they're objectifying themselves as well
1: yeah well yeah. And, and what the I love how the scripture ends it says your faith has saved you go in peace and
0: mm. I think
1: the end result or like what a forgiven person mm. doesn't resolve their burdens right but they get to go in peace because they they are their like identity is redefined Mm -hmm. you know and they get to go in peace because they're forgiven like they're not being seen by those things and i think so what simon dude is i think what i'm trying to what i'm trying to flesh out or wonder about is um like What is he holding on to? What is he asking for Jesus to give him? Like, why does Simon invite him to his table?
0: What is Simon looking for?
1: What is he looking for? Mm -hmm. So this woman is looking for peace and forgiveness, right? But what is Simon trying to get at by inviting Jesus over?
0: Great question. One of the other questions is what, what faith does she have? that saves her Mm. like she's so another way to say that is what risk is she taking Mm -hmm. that produces the context for salvation and it strikes me that the risk she's taking is being this is I don't know if this is the right way to say it but she's not letting her burdens define her behavior
1: Hmm. yeah
0: that's a good way to say it she's not letting the burdens of her uh, the bible will call it sinfulness or brokenness define her behavior she's letting her love and adoration for jesus define her behavior which i think is what he's pointing out her faith her trust in jesus being able to do something jesus loving her like her faith in Jesus representing a different way of relating to God because she has been ostracized from the way of relating with God because of her burdens, essentially.
1: Well, what's so unique here is like we don't know exactly what type of life she l- lived. Mm-hmm. We know what her reputation is, right? Mm-hmm. Like we know what her reputation is, which is like she's being defined by her mistakes of prostitution. Who knows if that's like. Her profession. We don't know the extent of that. But I'm sure if you make that mistake once that's your identity your whole life in this culture.
0: Yeah, I, I think we can say with some degree of certainty about the time and the context that it is her profession.
1: Okay. But I think so what I'm wondering is what shift did she make in her life to like Think to herself, okay, I'm going to show up at this dinner where this Jesus is. Bring all my stuff. I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. I mean, like, financially even, too, right? And then her course of life is altered because of that.
0: I think we see that. I don't know if this directly answers your question, but this is where my mind goes. We see these examples all the time. In life, though, take um, an alcoholic who gets a DWI, for example. Mm-hmm. Like their burdens get uncovered, mm-hmm. and people whose burdens or are more public have more clarity about yeah. the difference between them and their burdens. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and they are willing um, to say that I'm living with these burdens know mm-hmm. and probably the public nature of those things um brings brings it to the surface yeah. but in reality simon the pharisee had his own burdens yeah that he was suppressing through his public identity mm-hmm. what was jesus was saying is like you don't see me and you don't see this woman you know yeah. like basically he's naming he's prideful yeah you know? and his is like pride great you're, you get to hide your burdens behind these titles mm-hmm. um but you haven't reached a point of clarity about what what your burden so is
1: by inviting Jesus or by seeking Jesus so by I think this is getting to the answering mode of my question yeah. so Simon is seeking approval and love like acknowledgement of identity by inviting Jesus over
0: mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm.
1: so is this woman They are both seeking from Jesus approval, love, affirmation. Mm -hmm. Do you see me?
0: Yeah, they're 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 asking asking that question. Do you see me? me? Yeah,
1: and they walk away. Like she walks away in peace, knowing that she is loved, she is forgiven, and Simon is no. I mean, maybe, but.
0: me giving my poetry applause because you see how that translates to mission so easily that we're just asking do you see me all the time mm-hmm. and our neighbors <laughs> that's all they're asking Yeah. Not, I mean that's not all they're asking but everybody that's what it means to be human is to ask do you see me mm-hmm. and when we eat with our neighbors we see them we create the context for them to be known and seen. Yeah. And when we do that, we're we're participating with Jesus in God's dream coming true for our neighborhoods and places we find ourselves in. Yeah. Because God desires for people to be seen. I love how uh, I
1: was like, "What are they both coming to Jesus to ask?"
0: and and then he explicitly says do you see her Mm. I I love that Mm -hmm. and you have to look if that's just the message but I'm sure Eugene is like pulling that from
1: what's the reference there Um. oh yeah he says do you see this woman do you see this woman isn't that cool he's looking at the woman
0: (laughs) he's looking at the woman? woman wait read it again
1: Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon.
0: So he's like modeling. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. I came into your house, and you did not give me any water
1: for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and my feet with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. And you did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. As great as her love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven, little loves little. Mm -hmm. Because when we allow ourselves to be forgiven, I mean, like, our, it opens up empathy, you know? It opens up.
0: Like an element of love. Yeah, (laughs) and it
1: opens up the ability to be, to love and to love others.
0: Yeah. And then it says to her, her
1: sins are forgiven.
0: I think it's worth noting. You just tie the two theological terms of forgiveness and love together because that's what Jesus is trying to do. Mm-hmm. He's like, if we're gonna grow in our ability to love our neighbors, we have to grow in our ability to forgive mm-hmm. ourselves yeah. and each other. That's why we do the discipleship table. You know, that's why we do these other things because there's a direct correlation between our ability to forgive others and our ability to love because they're interconnected realities. Because you can't really love another person if you're not able to see them. And, like, that's the basis of loving someone, seeing Mm -hmm. them. Well, I hope you've had a good time sitting in on the conversation between Christian Ann and I about her sermon about how Jesus offers worth at the table. Uh, It was really fun for us to have that conversation. Uh, We're going to jump to this next conversation that happened between Pastor Christian Ann and I, where we were discussing Luke chapter 11, where we find another table moment where Jesus finds himself around the table with some Pharisees and lawyers and is not afraid to fight for justice around that table. So let's jump into this conversation a little behind the sermon. yeah Yeah. so uh, just spent the morning studying so to review. we made a shift because I felt a spiritual sense to uh, infuse this conversation at this point with the aspect of Jesus' table movement uh, that involves him fighting for justice at the table, him um, provoking change through influential conversations and actions. So the verse or the story in Luke's gospel, and it's in a couple other gospels, is from...
1: We're just loving Luke, aren't
0: we? Luke is the eating gospel, (laughs) for sure. Um, it's the story of Jesus so a couple of things are happening around it um, Jesus in this part of this gospel has just given the Lord's prayer which in like rabbinic style is not just like practical training on what words to say when you pray but it's mm-hmm. a mission statement for his movement in a way like when his di- disciples ask him can you show us how to pray? He's showing them the bullet points of his platform, in a way. Um, so it's good context for that. And then Luke, Luke, the, the author, smashes a couple things together that are like, exor- there's an episode of exorcism, and then Jesus gives a parable about... Um, asking for what you need and that the Father will give good gifts. Ooh, yes. What is this again? This is just
1: like a roll with herb
0: goat cheese on it. Goat cheese. Goat cheese and Luke's gospel. Yeah. Mm. So he gives this parable at the end of which he's like the Holy Spirit is the best gift. And like ask ask to like so his disciples are hungry for What the platform is, what the new way of being is, and what power is in the midst of that. And Mm -hmm. he says, we're about seeking the kingdom, living in utter dependence on God's provision in our life. Mm -hmm. So the, the Lord's Prayer. And then he really challenges them to ask bold things and to center those asks on a hunger for the Holy Spirit's action in their life not necessarily um, cir- the circumstance a focus on God instead of the circumstance and trusting in God's power so then like, some of the commentators say like this is all in the context of this next episode is in the context of like a Sunday for them, so a, a synagogue visit I guess maybe it's Saturday, I forget when Jews worshipped they go to the synagogue and one of the commentators points out that Jesus isn't an outsider from the pharisaical movement, mm-hmm. he's somewhat of a critical insider, in that like, it's the closest tradition, he would have worshipped with these people, the leaders of the time, so in some, in some sense they invite him over for a brunch <laughs> they invite mm-hmm. him over to have a conversation and they're ticked at him because of all the revelatory things he's doing um, and then the thing that sets them off in this particular episode around the table is that he doesn't wash his go through the ceremonial washing, which is not something that's in the Torah. It's something that comes from the oral tradition. But regardless, it's a provocative act around the table to raise a conversation around the hypocrisy that... or the differences in their movement, you might say. Mm-hmm. So then Jesus goes into this, um, these woes. And so, like, one of my thoughts in describing what a woe is, is, like, when Daniel runs around the corner with the scissors in his hands, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, it's like a, it's the same, uh, it's the same communicative thing, but just in more of, like, a, a broader sense. like, whoa, like, slow down, pay attention. It's a warning. Mm-hmm. It's a warning. Um
1: something you're doing is not safe Yeah,
0: it's not safe for you and it's not safe for people people. who you're leading Um, and it's not safe for God's reputation yeah and it's a spiritual so it's like tied to God's um, action Mm -hmm. and like the Bible uses the word wrath but it's like wrath is associated with God pursuing justice so it's Mm -hmm. like you're on the wrong side of God's justice is what a woe is introducing Mm -hmm. so Jesus is saying you're on the wrong side of God's work of making the wrong things right with these things that you're doing and then he proceeds to point it out and his audience is a bunch of power brokers in that time Pharisees and says lawyers but those are scribes those are people who teach and like even see people in what we might consider as a trial because it's a theocracy in their time they Mm -hmm. like they actually make judgments, these mm-hmm. people on on real life situations right. based on their knowledge of the of the Torah, of mm-hmm. the written law and the oral tradition of so that's who the audience is. And then his woes center around basically he calls them out early. He's like it's greed and wickedness. So the greed comes into the Pharisees' pursuit of money um. at the expense of people they're leading so they're more concerned with privilege and power than they are with actually helping so the the antidote to greed is generosity that he offers in the text specifically warns them about that and confronts them about it and then the scribes and i'm just getting into this is like their wickedness is pride so they seek the best seats uh, they seek praise in this in the marketplace, in the best seats in the synagogue, and put undue burdens on people, um, with a way that they practice law, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So, and his antidote to that is Micah six eight, love mercy, do justice, walk humbly. That they've gone away from and the great commandment to love God with all your heart and love your neighbor so love is the antidote ant, antidote antidote to pride so that's as far as i've gotten i think as far that's like the biblical exegesis work um i think i'm going to not read the whole text uh, but pick parts of it out and then as i like transition to like what that means for us i think the general communication is like We have to be willing to be in a fight for justice around the table. And we have to be willing to be the ones who pick a fight and the ones who... (laughs) Um. We need to be Jesus and we need to be the Pharisee (laughs) in, in some sense. Like, we need to receive the rebuke, we need to hear the woe, and we need to see the we need to be able to see the hypocrisy in our own behavior and respond to Jesus' invitation. Because even even though he's fighting with them, he's Mm -hmm. doing it because he loves them. He wants their movement to change. That's why he's an insider in their movement, Mm -hmm. not just an outsider criticizing. So he's lovingly confronting them. Um, So for our people like, for the table practices to be to like there's a part where yeah so there's a lot there so like the generosity piece he talks about like the inside and the outside of a person God makes the inside and the outside and the Pharisees are so consumed with the outside so they get greedy but then there's a line that basically says give your inside meaning God created your inside too and you eventually end up giving the world and leading the world out of your inside out of your your emotional state, your spiritual health. And so, if we as Christians and followers of Jesus, we need to receive the woe that if our internal state is not in order, if we if we're not loving the people we're leading, if we're not actually loving our neighbors, eating with our neighbors and being on mission to serve our neighbors could become a Pharisaical act of just doing the right thing for external praise instead mm-hmm. of a posture of love towards the people we're, we're um, trying to be, in r- our neighbors, we're trying to be in relationship with. So.
1: And I think one comment on that, this is kind of shifting into hyper-practical, <coughs> but I mean, if you're focused on generosity, I mean, a lot of times people would be like, well, how can I host people? You know, mm-hmm. like, and it wasn't about how much money it's not about how much money you have as Jesus demonstrates by being basically hosted by all his people Mm -hmm. he was generous with his character and with his person Mm -hmm. not, he didn't put on this like fancy meal for them you Mm -hmm. know, like he didn't have anything to host people with Mm -hmm. but when he was at the table he had a posture of of generosity, you know, Mm -hmm. that wasn't, so that's just like a really practical, I think when I think something that I was trying to do that it, it's very difficult to do is talking about the, the picture of what Jesus' way is. Uh-huh. And I would name that a little bit more distinctly. Like, hmm. when we're talking about what Jesus does at the table, we're talking about his way of following God. And he demonstrates that yeah. at these tables. his
0: way of loving God and loving his right. neighbors. Yeah.
1: So, and then there's actual practices we see him doing
0: yeah.
1: at a meal mm-hmm. you know, so that would be one thing that I would differentiate mm-hmm.
0: so then the question is how do we help people live into the way of Jesus and fight for justice at tables right? Mm-hmm. so my thought is go to the same spaces that Jesus is giving them a warning about a synagogue in the m- marketplace <clears throat> or like the neighborhood in the marketplace, right, mm-hmm. and say like, the challenge for us is to both receive the woes and give the woes in um, with each other, mm-hmm. in the church, in the neighborhood, and in the marketplace, mm-hmm. like that. Those spaces are named in this text,
1: right,
0: and so then, what does it look like for us to internally have the fortitude to receive a woe? to give a well, you know? And I think examples of that are like, um, so like you're sitting, so just an example from my own life, like uh, back when when I was working with the investor to purchase properties, I was looking at a property in Crystal, and I talked to my litter, mm-hmm. and I was like, what do you think of this property? And he asked me, do any black people live there? And, like, I was, I was, like, shocked by that, but I didn't say anything, mm-hmm. you know. And that was a moment for me in the marketplace, in a conversation, where I should have fought for justice in that moment as someone who's in the real estate business. And I should have said, whoa, dude, like, totally inappropriate question and totally inappropriate perspective, and you ought to check yourself because that's not a good way to do business. And that's not good for our world.
1: You should flesh out that story a little bit. Because even someone who knows the story, I am a little lost. of like, What are you trying to do? Like, I was a little bit like, I don't know. Yeah, like, that
0: was why, an abbreviated I, okay. version. Okay. I was looking to purchase a property. He asked me if black people live there. And he is a? Realtor.
1: Who you are. Who
0: is an investor who does the same thing I do and I was asking for his advice.
1: advice. okay,
0: that's what I want. I yeah, want exactly yeah, I that. would, yeah, sorry, I'm abbreviating the story a little bit just because I thought you remember that story from our life. Yeah, but, I guess I'm um, just trying to help,
1: like, yeah. these yeah. are important
0: things. Yeah, so that's an example of where I didn't have the internal emotional fortitude for, to fight, to, like, practice the way of Jesus and fight for justice in the marketplace in that space. Mm-hmm. I was complacent and scared. And then there's white privilege in that. Like I didn't have to say anything, you know. My but my silence perpetuated the injustice mm-hmm. instead of confronting it. Mm-hmm. And he probably still thinks the same way, <laughs> and has gone unchallenged. Yeah. And I missed the moment to fight for justice. At I mean, we weren't at we've been at a table. So that's a great example of what I'm saying. Like we, like if we're gonna follow the way of Jesus, we can't ignore that Jesus fought for justice at the tables he was at, and we need to we need to realize that sometimes we we're different characters in we're we're at different seats in that table. Sometimes we're on the receiving end of a woe, you know, and sometimes we're on the we need to be on the giving end of a woe, and say in the spaces that God's called us to. This is what it means to love God. This is what it means to pursue his dream coming true. Mm -hmm. When we're in our neighborhoods and someone's like, oh, that neighbor. Like, we got to give a woe, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we've got to confront. We've got to be like, we've got to lead with God's, we've got to have the internal processes and fortitude and the internal love of God has to compel us to offer a woe. You know, mm-hmm. and we gotta be the community that can take a will we gotta mm-hmm. be the community that can challenge one another mm-hmm. and and we're gonna disagree on stuff, and we gotta stay in relationship and challenge one another about our about our thoughts about our actions, about mm-hmm. all that in appropriate sort of loving posture ways mm-hmm. so that's where I wanna land with it, like mm-hmm. if we're gonna do this way of jesus thing we can't forget about this like we can't just it can't just be personal it's got to be like it's our role as christians yeah to to present a different dream Mm -hmm. for the way life is supposed to be Mm -hmm. you know Hey podcast listener, thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. Uh, Stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast so you can keep in the loop with the conversations we're having at North City. Thanks again for joining us and listening in. I want to give a special thank you to Ben Noble. Ben Noble is an awesome musician in the Minneapolis area and he has graciously let us use some music from some new tracks coming up on his album that debuts in January if you don't know Ben's music you should it's awesome uh, you can learn more at bennoblemusic.com thanks again for listening